Welcome to the Riabu podcast with Mark Lowdy and Simon Littlewood. Well, the news is everywhere. Inflation is up. Supply chains are clogged. Interest rates are rising. Labor shortages abound. And to top it all off, the United Kingdom is seeing its worst rail strike in 30 years. I mean, you couldn't have hoped for a worse confluence of bad news coming in from all angles. And don't even get me started on Vladimir Putin. But the fact is that if you're a small or medium enterprise and you're looking at these headlines, you still have to go into your shop in the morning. You still have to open the door to customers. You still have to be in touch with your customers and just make the best of it. Do we have any other choice? And on that note, Simon, it might be uh, worth bearing out exactly, well, firstly, how dire the situation actually is. Can we get a grip on that before we turn our attention to what you're going to do about it? So, Simon, uh, you've been around for possibly a lot longer than you care to admit. How bad is the situation? (laughs) It's bad. And the curious thing is we thought that when COVID started to go away, things would get better and they haven't got better. On the contrary, they appear to be getting worse quite dramatically. Although these data refer primarily to the U.S., the reality is that the U.S. is such an enormous buyer of products from elsewhere, whether it's from Asia or Europe or Africa, that if U.S. demand, as it seems to be doing, goes down, and if U.S. economic activity overall goes down, then everyone everywhere is going to suffer. We're looking at, following the Fed, we're looking at increased interest rates, we're looking at reduced levels of economic activity, and so on and so forth in most markets around the world, that is those markets that are connected to the global economy. And that's not a good thing, particularly if you're an SME. Well, a lot of these statistics, for example, inflation at a 40-year high, the biggest leap in US interest rates since 1994, Australian rates up for the first time in 11 years. I mean, a lot of these uh, headlines that you see, of course, get a lot of attention. But what do they actually mean for you if you were running a small or medium enterprise? What are the most important things that you would be looking out for? Well, if you're running a small or medium enterprise, a type of enterprise which, as we've discussed many times before, tends to have a much smaller cash cushion than other types of company. On average, SMEs tend to have no more than a month or at the best two months cash cushion, meaning that if they have a serious impact on the cash flow, which can mean either money coming in slower or costs going up very significantly and the supply is getting tough, then they are in serious trouble. They're not just in, we're going to make a little bit less money trouble, they're in existential trouble. And one of the things that that we're saying is, and have been saying for a while is, look, given that you are an SME, you've got a smaller cash cushion, you're probably borrowed already, you need to prepare for this kind of situation by optimizing your cash flows, particularly with regard to working capital. Because if I look at cash flows, there are certain aspects of cash flows which are fairly fungible, you can do something about, and there are others which aren't. Fixed assets, you can't do much about short term, but inventories, receivables, you can do a lot with. And we at Riabu strongly counsel that you work on receivables. Receivables, that's an invoice for a product or service that you've already delivered, and you haven't been paid for it. But make no mistake, that's money that is yours. So focus on receivables. Yep. It's an asset. And that's the great irony. I think a lot of people probably miss that. You know, they probably think of their receivables, those invoices uh, that they're hoping will be paid soon. And for them, it's more of a pain in the neck than an asset. But ironically, actually, your accountant sees it as an asset. It's a curious thing that you and I have worked in this area quite a lot. And one of the things that indicates that perhaps receivables are not taken as seriously as they should be is 
the percentage of occasions where either an invoice is not issued on time, i.e. the invoice is issued late or not at all, or there's some fundamental error in the invoice which prevents a customer from actually paying it. This is incredibly common. We know this from the businesses that we run, which you're quite right, kind of indicates that companies don't take receivables all that seriously. In fact, you know, they don't. What they take seriously is winning a customer, doing a job satisfactorily, feeling good about themselves, and then moving on to the next one. The uh, realization that if you don't build in a timely way and get paid in a timely way, you're in existential trouble is very often an insight that's missing from many SMEs that we work with. Now is the time to start taking that kind of stuff really seriously, right? Yes, I couldn't couldn't agree more because, and it's, you know, Simon, it's not just uh, the invoices that, that we send out. It's the invoices we receive. I mean, you know, sometimes if you're the person who's doing the banking in your organization, you get some invoices and you wonder, how did the supplier to me ever expect to get paid? Missing account numbers, well, for example. You know, how do yeah, you I mean, the curious, the curious, if you can state your bank account uh, I agree. Uh, the curious thing is if you're selling to a large company very and you haven't made a proper invoice, very often it'll be they who come back to you because they have to close their period end. And they say, were you planning to send us a, a, a functional invoice for this piece of activity? Uh, <laughs> could we possibly get one? I mean, I, you know, I've known quite a few clients that have been in that kind of situation, which is ironic because we generally talk about customers as people who want to kind of hang on to their money. But the reality is if your customer is a multinational company, he has to close his books at the end of every quarter and he needs all the transactions to be accounted for. If you're in a situation where your customers are saying, excuse me, could we have an accurate invoice for that transaction that finished one month, two months, three months ago, then you're not in a good situation when it comes to managing your own cash flow. So I think, you know, in summary, things are going to get worse. We didn't think we'd be saying this, but things are definitely going to get worse for many companies. You'll know if they're going to get worse in function of the sector that you're in, the amount of disruption that you've seen the level of borrowing that you've got and whether or not that's likely to increase. And what you need to do, if you haven't already done it, is look very hard at your costs, including the cost of supporting working capital, and do something about it. And if you, if you need to know what to do about it, Riabu, probably Mark can be of help, don't you think? I, I certainly think so. One of the other points that, that keeps cropping up when we talk about receivables is the issue of process. You know, there are some people who, perhaps those in the creative industry, who by definition like to keep things uh, spontaneous, who then yeah. suffer when they don't have processes in place. Uh, did you like the way I put that? Uh, they, they, they don't have processes I mean, I, those invoices out. And yet, what we've discovered at Riabu is that actually a lot of this is about habits. Building the right habits gets you paid on time. The habit to follow up with a proactive service call to the customer. Did you get the, the product? And by the way, did you get the invoice? Building habits seemingly is, is the most essential part so that you don't even need to think about chasing for money. You're already in touch with the customer in a way that they will naturally pay you. Some companies, and it's hard to believe, but it still happens, CEO executives look down their noses if you try and discuss receivables with them. They do. There was a very senior executive who I invited onto this podcast recently. As you know, Mark, you and I wrote a book last year called uh, Let the Cash Flow, which is specifically about what you can do to have a serious impact on how quickly your receivables get paid. Um, and there are some things, there are really some impactful things that you can do, and they're all in that book. He, uh, the individual in question, read the book and then kind of communicated to me, well, this was a, not an issue that he really wanted to get involved in because you know he was a strategist and he was a senior guy. I've come across this over and over again in business. You could, if you wanted to, 
think of it in terms of hierarchies. You know, the, the, the things that we choose to occupy our time with, whether we like it or not, are as a result of a hierarchy. You know, in our minds, albeit unconsciously, we make a list of the things that we think are important. And receivables are often not even in the top 10 for people that are at senior levels in large companies or even small companies. So they're not in the top 10. They're not talked about. They're ignored. They're certainly not a habit, to use your terminology. And they need to be because the single largest cause of insolvency in companies of every size, obviously it's less common in, in large companies, but it can still happen, is cash flow arising from poor management of working capital. Not from growth, not from revenue, but from poor management of working capital. And if you, if you don't address that, then you might have a healthy business. You might have lots of customers, but when you run out of cash, that's it. Yes, it's hierarchy, it's habit. If receivables are not front and center in your thinking, and if they're not owned at the highest level in the company, then you're in trouble. The kind of disdainful view that says, well, I'm an expert in this field or in the product, or I'm a, I'm a disruptor or what I or I'm a luminary in the industry and I'm far too important to get involved in questions like cutting an accurate invoice and ensuring that we get paid on time. Well, that's kind of a dangerous lack and it's going to get more dangerous as things evolve at a, at a macro level over the next year, you know, higher interest rates, lower rates of economic activity and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, the chickens you know, we're going to see who's got, yeah. I was going to say we're going to see who's gone swimming without a bathing costume. But, yes, the chickens one will do just as well. <laughs> <laughs> so get involved, especially if you're a senior business leader. Roll your sleeves up and don't just go down to your finance department and, and slam your fist on the table and say collect faster because, of course, the whole Trump, point. Is, yeah, they may well be frustrated. Yeah. Well, they're, they're already trying to collect faster, you know, and if they don't get the support from the people who are higher up the value chain, then quite frankly, nobody gets paid. And I, I wonder whether to some extent, dare I even say this, Simon, whether the tough clouds that we're riding into are perhaps a bit of a wake-up call that many businesses have uh, actually need. Those that are punch drunk on cheap financing and, and quick loans possibly have become a little bit, well, undisciplined about their collections processes, Simon. We've put out data a few times. I mean, the, the, the big difference, notionally, between large companies, say, uh, you know, $200, $300 million plus, and SMEs, which are $100 million and under, is that big companies for the last decade or so have been able to get access to relatively cheap corporate borrowing. I don't just mean going to their account. I mean they can get all kinds of other instruments, which enable them to borrow money for 1% or 2%. And that's actually well below the real cost of capital, which means that there's actually not much incentive to focus on marginal things. That's a marginal quote things like working capital when you can borrow as much as you like for one or two percent. Well, those days are coming to an end. And if you can't borrow anymore and you, you're not managing your working capital effectively, you need to change your focus quickly or you're going to be in trouble. So the alarm bells should really be going off in your head right now is what you're saying. Yes. And, uh, you know, the trouble is that we've now got into the habit of whenever we see a gap looming in our in our balance sheet, we go off and we borrow more money. Well, guess what? Those doors increasing are going to be closed. So start looking inward and thinking about operational efficiency and the customer to cash cycle, which is laid out very clearly in our book, Simon Littlewood, Mark Loudy's book, Let the Cash Flow, where we point to eight things that you as a company need to do to ensure that you get paid on time. Things that start in the boardroom, not in the back office. Do give it a look and do feedback to us what you think. One final 
area that we must discuss is that if you are making proactive service calls to your customer, the customer intimacy that we always talk about on this podcast, Simon, that's again something which might not have been quite as important during the good times. But because your customer is also customers are also likely to be sweating under higher interest rates, rising input costs because of uh, higher inflation and so on, getting close to the customer now probably takes on an entirely different hue, isn't it? Well, first of all, um, I would always argue for being close to customers. And secondly, since, you know, it's a natural law, it's sometimes called the Matthew principle, sometimes called the Pareto principle, 20% of existing or future customers will deliver 80% of your shareholder value. Be clear which ones they are and love them to death. In other words, make sure that you're close to them, you understand their issues, work to resolve issues beyond what you would normally consider your responsibility in order to get the customer on your side to retain those relationships, get paid on time, earn good margin business. I'm not saying that the smaller customers are less important, but the reality is they're more likely to churn, that is go somewhere else, because they have typically thinner margins. And uh, at the end of the day, they constitute a much smaller portion of your future growth and profitability. So be thoughtful about who you do business with, where you try and focus your relationship investment. And, and relationship investment is an investment of time above all else, from the top down the, to the sales force to the back office of your organization. Invest time in customers. You justify it because they're going to give you the vast majority of your future earnings. And in that way, of course, you also cover the issue of working capital, because if you're close to them, if you understand their issues, if you're quick to fix them, they'll also pay you on time. So two birds with one stone. On that note, uh, drop us a note to, uh, and, and let us know what the situation is for you and your small business at the moment. We'd love to hear from you. Service at riabu.com is our email address, or you can uh, post your comment nearby this uh, podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on.